Glory to God. Isn't that exciting about Brother Happy and Miss Jeannie coming Sunday? Oh, man. Man, oh, man. We will, we will hear from God on Sunday. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You guys excited? <laughs> Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles up to Ephesians 4. You know, last week uh, we got to talking about um, not being a stumbling block and what I would say is not being an offender. We talked a lot about not being the one that offends people, um, doing our best, whatever it takes, to keep people from being offended, and, and which is a big part of, of what the church should be doing. But the other part is, is don't be an offendee, right? <laughs> you know, it'd be a lot easier for me not to be an offender if somebody wasn't an offendee, right? In other words, if you were really hard to offend, you wouldn't get offended. Amen? Amen? And if, 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 we, if we were walking, God has put a protection in place. You know, it talked about last week, don't become a stumbling block. In other words, don't be the reason somebody falls. Don't, don't, don't help somebody fall. But, but God put protection in the word against falling. He literally put a word. He, he, there's many places in the Bible where he, there is a protection that we can go through our lives without falling. And I was looking through a lot of them today. Every one of them had to do with unselfishness. Every one of them. You cannot be selfish and, and be stable. You will, not, you will not be stable. You will stumble. You will fall. I've, we've all done it. We've, and if you stumbled or fell and you look back at it, we were being selfish. Amen? I mean, and, and a lot of it is, you know, is growing up. You know, we're all growing up. We're all growing spiritually. We're all growing in faith. We're all growing in love. We're growing at, at a level to where we can go, you know, where things that used to bother you when people, you know, there was a time, I know, I won't say that. I'm not going to say that one. But, but, you know, there was a time where maybe I walked in church and somebody didn't say hi to me. And I'm like, well, I wonder what they're mad about. Maybe they just didn't say hi to you. Right? Why, why, would, why would we let that determine our whole day? And better yet, why would we let that determine our life in such a way that the next time we see them, well, they didn't even say hi to me. I'm not saying hi to them. I wouldn't give them the bone off my steak. Well, because that's what offense does. It, it starts out as, as you're offended, and now your offense is towards them. And, and in the church, those are things that can't happen. Th- those are things that have to go away. Those are things that God has put in us an ability not to have. We don't have to be offended. We don't have to look at things and, and, and see things the way the world sees them. That's a worldly thought. Why didn't they say hi to me? Why did they just ignore me? You know, th- those are all worldly thoughts. That, that, that is, if that was your brother and your sister that lived in your house and they ignored you, you wouldn't think anything about it. Why? Because they're your brother and sister. Right? My brother ignored me a lot. My sister tried to ignore me. Even when I was pestering her, she would try to ignore me. Why? Because 
she's my brother, she's my sister, they're my family. This is family. If somebody doesn't treat you the way you feel like you should have been treated, be okay. Be okay. That's just your brother and sister. Maybe they need prayer instead of you being mad at them. Right? I don't understand why I got to be the one. Who, Who better than me? Who better than you? Right? Someone can be the one. The one that refuses to be offended will not carry on the offense. Amen? Amen? Why? Because forgiveness and love will take care of those things. And and, and growth in, in, in the body of Christ is what we need to and grow. I mean, how many of you know in yourself, I know in myself right now, things that used to get to me don't get to me as much. Why? Because I'm growing. We're, we're listening to the Word of God, and we're growing up. We're, we're growing up into things to where we don't, we don't see something the way we used to see it. We, we see in love. We see in peace. We see in joy. We see in God. And, and we see people we do love. Amen? And, 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 and Ephesians chapter 4, the whole chapter is about growing up. The whole chapter is about a maturity in Christ. Amen? But, but in, in, in verse 1, it, it talks about your calling. It starts out and it says, well, just look at it, Ephesians 4.1. says, I therefore, as the prisoner of the Lord, beseech ye that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye were called. And vocation means the calling. So literally it says, walk worthy of the calling wherewith, wherewith you were called. And, and what's he saying? He said, I want you to walk worthy. Walk the way God's paid for you to walk. Walk with what he's put in you to walk. Walk in such a way that you're a blessing everywhere you go and that you never get off track to such a way that you're no longer a blessing. You're no longer a help. You're no longer doing things that affect the kingdom of God. Even if you're doing something at the church, if, if, you're, if you're not walking worthy of the call, if you're in offense, if you're upset about something, even I don't care what you're doing at that point in the church, you're not doing it to the level that it will help. Why? Because God wants your heart before He wants your hand. Amen? Because if you don't have a heart to serve which mad people rarely have a heart to serve. Usually, like, I wanted to mop this for The guy back there has been mean to me three days and mopping the floor. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen? I mean, I mean in, the, in the body of Christ, you know, you, got, you don't want to drive in talking about somebody you see walking in. Right? <laughs> No one's ever done that, right? See them? Yeah, they think they're big shots. They got this going. You should have seen what the way they looked at me the other day. I tell you what, they're, I know they're talking about me. I just know it. I know they're talking. Good morning, Pastor. So good to see you this morning. God bless you, sir. How good was that handshake? Amen? We need to get to a place where those things we catch. Those things are going to be there. We're human. We, we, are, we have flesh, but we have the ability to put our flesh under. 
We don't have to yield to those things and carry on and go in such a way to where that offense turns to bitterness and that bitterness starts talking to others and that root spreads out and starts causing others and yourself to walk away from where you were called. You won't walk worthy of your calling because you won't walk in your calling. People that get offended walk away from their calling. And and you're going to get a chance to do it because that's what the devil wants you to do. You, You can't be what God called you to be where he didn't call you to be. Amen? In other words, you've got to be where he called you to to be who you were called to be. And, and if we get, when we get offended, you, there's churches full of offended people. Why? Because they left another church offended. Amen? Don't get me wrong. You can get over it just like that. Amen. Ask forgiveness and say, Lord, use me here. Or tell me where I need to be. Amen? And, and, and God's a good God. He's faithful. His, loving, he, he, his love will carry us through. But, but what Paul's saying here is he said, I want you to walk worthy of the calling wherewith you are called. And how do you do this? Now, how do you do this? With all lowliness. So everything that a Christian does is, is going to be humility. It's going to be humbleness. It's going to be meekness. It's going to be kindness. It's going to be love. Amen? In other words, people say, well, you know, I'm just loud and I'm just proud. Well, both of those aren't really that great. <laughs> Amen? Actually, neither one of them are that great. Sometimes loud's okay, proud's never okay. Amen? And so we don't want to be loud and proud. We want to be lowly and meek. That's what Jesus was like. And, and he didn't just speak off the top of his head. And he, you know, do you think Jesus, it says he was tempted in every way. So he had opportunity to get offended. There were probably days where he walked in and said, oh, Peter didn't do that again. Guess I'll do it myself. No, he didn't do that. Why? Because those are not reasons to get, to get offended. Those, the people say, well, that's not a big deal. It's a little bitty thing that can become a huge thing if you just let it. Because if you become discontent here, then the devil will give you something else to add to it. And if he can get you discontent all along the way, he can get you talking bad. He can get, he can get, you, he can get you away from where you're supposed to be, away from the very, very calling that you're called to. Amen? He says, with lowliness of heart, or with lowliness and meekness, lowliness, don't think better of yourself than the people around you. If you don't think any better, in other words, if somebody did look at you, or not look at you, or not say hi to you, can you think of a day you probably did the same thing? And maybe they need a little love. Right? Maybe they're having a rough morning. Amen? Amen. Think about this. If you're not getting your way, somebody else is. Rejoice for them. Right? Somebody's getting their way. Hopefully God. Right? Because that's who we're looking for to get their way. Amen? So so getting your way or not getting your way is the number one reason for offense. Right? Right? Even if say, people say, well, they didn't look at it. Well, you didn't get your way. You wanted them to say hi and acknowledge you and be seen. Right? That's, that's getting your way. That was your way. God's way was to say, look at them. They, they need a hug this morning. Check them out. See if, see if they're okay. 
And not only did you get rid of one offense, you helped somebody that might have got offended today. See, see, so by listening to the Lord and going His direction, you got into a place where you could be a help and not a hindrance. Re, you know, remember what God told me last week, the most worthless thing in the, in the world today is a hurt Christian. Why? Because they're not doing it. In fact, is not only are they usually not doing anything, they're usually doing things that don't represent God well. Amen? I know when... I wasn't living a good life for Christ. I found every excuse I could to see how hip, hypocritical the church was. The, the world is looking at the church. They don't want the church to fail. They don't. The, you know, they can say they do all they want, but the first thing they do when they, they want to pray, we'll, we'll, we want you to pray. We don't, believe, they don't, we don't believe your God's good and we don't like what you do, but there's bad stuff going on. Can you pray? The, the world does not want the church to, to, to fail. They want to see a victorious church because that's a church that they could get behind. But until they see that church, if we look just like them, we're no place to go. Amen? Amen? So we need to do everything we can to walk worthy of the vocation we were called to. The first vocation you were called to is child of God. You now represent the God Almighty, Father of all fathers, the, the good Father. You represent goodness. So you should be goodness everywhere you go. Amen? And goodness doesn't get offended. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't even get upset when you don't say hi to it. Don't shake its hand. It comes in and just be good. That, that's, that's what, that, we have the same goodness in us that God is. Amen? And the abilities that He is, we have. Glory to God. And, and, and we, we can participate in this God kind of life on a daily basis. We can participate on a level to where everywhere we go, when we leave, there's, there's nothing but help. There's nothing but good. There's, there's, no, there's no room for a foothold for the devil. Amen? It says, walk worthy in all meekness and, and, hum, and, uh, and with long-suffering, enduring patience, being a bear with one another. Oh, no, it's forbearing. And I think some people thought that says being a bear. <laughs> you know, when, when you're a little kid, you, you, when you're, you know, people say, well, babies are hard to take care of. Babies are easy to take care of. But, you know, I remember when Ramsey was a baby. It was simple. Change your diaper, feed her. She cries. You check both those things. If she's okay, put her to bed. <laughs> babies are easy. Two- and three-year-olds... Not so much. <laughs> because why? Because they're starting to grow up and it's not about controlling them anymore. It's about training them. Amen? And, and so as we begin to train them, we grab their hand when we, walk, when we cross the road. Well, that first time, they, they grab it just fine. But after a few times, I don't need you. But see, there's adult children as well. 
and, and they're fine, right, while they're being trained, but all of a sudden they don't want to hold your hand anymore. They don't want your help. We're, we're fine. We're good. Are you? Yes, we told you we were fine. We're fine. Does that seem fine? It seems like a little kid pulling his hand away. I can do this myself. I can do this myself. And and that's not what we want. We want to be someone they reach their hand up to, not that they pull away from. And so in training them in love, they may pull away a couple times, but keep reaching, keep reaching, right? Grab their hand a couple times. Right, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna get their own will, and then as they get older, they're gonna, they're gonna start thinking you're crazy, <laughs> right? Until they get to about twenty, and then they think, wait, mom and dad were right, <laughs> right? But, but as as adults in the church, we've got to be that stable. We've got to be the the, the stabilitating thing that's within the body of Christ. We can't be the ones that cause strife and cause division and cause turmoil. We're the ones that cut it off. And, and the way turmoil and strife starts is in you. So if it doesn't start in you, then it can't get started. Amen? Rumors have to be started somewhere. Gossip has to come from someplace. Let's make sure it never comes from us. Because it's a hindrance to faith. It's a hindrance to love. It's a hindrance to what God's got going on through the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. And, and if we continue, this says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In other words, we should endeavor every day to keep unity. If you felt like somebody was offended with you because you didn't say hi to them, you know what the best thing to do would Go say hi. Go say hi. Maybe they did. Maybe they got. Well, I'm, you're just you're just petting them. You know what? Sometimes babies need a binky, right? People say, "Well, I'm no baby." We're all babies at times. Adult babies, they're out there. And you think an adult? You think a kid tantrum's bad? Watch an adult tantrum. They are ugly. You get an adult out there. Throwing a tantrum. What are they trying to? They're trying to get their way. The same thing the little baby two-year-old was doing. It's the same thing. You're either going to grow out of it through Christ, or you're going to live it the rest of your life. Because the world's out there doing it daily. The church should be different. We should never throw a tantrum. Never try to get our way. I don't care if we were abused by that company or by the person. I don't care. It's not about getting your way. People say, well, I paid good money for that. It's up to you. Lose your witness, get your money back. It's up to you. People say, well, it's not going to help them if I just let them get away with it. You didn't need to let them get away with it. You're going to pray for them, right? You know, I used to tell somebody that they said, they said, well, you're a salesman dream. I said, yes, I am. I am a salesperson's dream because if I get something and it doesn't work, I will try to fix it. If I can't fix it, I will throw it away and go buy a new one. Right? In my own house, there were things when we built it that weren't done right. You know what I did? I didn't call anybody. I fixed them. 
or I paid to have them fixed. People say, well, you should have had them come back. Do this. You know what? I could have, and, they probably, and I could have been nice and, and still had them. And you can do that. Don't get me wrong. There's some things you can't fix. You know, the fact is our water softener, we had to get a new one, and it just was, we didn't know if it was working right. I called the guy and said, I just don't know if it's working right. Can you check it out? There's nice ways to do everything. But, but it's not time to throw a tantrum when things don't go right. It's not, and it's never okay for a Christian. We have to find a way in love to either get, get what God wants or get what you think you want. Amen? And sometimes it will take you or me having to lose something physical to gain something spiritual. Amen? Um, and I know the Moors have told this story, so I can't, but I know that there's been times in the building of, that, of the house and the barn in fact, as I was there at times, where something would come in defective. And they would pay for the defective part and then pay for the new part to come in to fix it. People say, well, just everybody can't afford that. Pray. Find out what God would have you do. If God tells you to do it, you'll afford it. Because it was a witness, to, especially to the two men that were going to have to pay for that defective part because they caused the defect. Amen? That's a big deal. I don't know how we got off on all this because this is not in the lesson plan. But, but for us to represent God properly, for us tantrums, offense, bitterness, um, just being angry. You know, some people wake up and they just, I'm going to be angry today. Go back to bed, roll out the other side, and put a smile on your face. Amen? Get another shower. I don't know what it's going to take, but do something to walk out your door pleasant. And, and we're all going to have the opportunity to do that. You know, some people, morning's not the thing. You know, I'm a, I'm a late morning person. I like to get up late. Right? And, and once I take a shower, I can talk. And I'm not saying I'm angry before I take a shower. I just can't wake up without one. That's a bad confession. I don't want to wake up. How about that? I don't want to wake up without one. That's my four-year-old move today. (laughs) We better get off of this. Amen? Go to Revelation 2. We, we want to be a blessing on this earth. Amen? Not, you can't just be a blessing inside the church. Uh, we, we are, you, know, you can't walk around angry and then come to church on Sunday and say, Oh, man, I was holding forth the word of life this week. You were you? Where? At your house at night? What? That, and that's what we're to do. And we'll get to that scripture later. But we're to hold forth the word of life. So everywhere we go, we're representing the word of life. We're representing the God of the word of life. And so to represent means you don't get to let down your guard for a minute to throw your tantrum. Right? You could probably get your way quicker not throwing your tantrum. I know when I threw a tantrum when I was a little kid, all I got was a spanking and not what I threw the tantrum about. <laughs> right? I imagine that's what God does too. You ain't getting nothing with that. But worse than that, how did you affect the people you threw the tantrum to? We, we got a world full of people who will do this that don't know God and some that do know God. 
But we want to be people who don't. Amen? Because it's going to affect your faith too. It's going to affect your life as well because you know in your heart it's not right. And, you know, when people say, well, I just had to vent. Don't let that stinky stuff in and you won't have to vent. Amen? Right. And you ask anybody who just vented, do you feel better? And if they tell the truth, they'll say no. Venting does not make you feel better. It makes you feel like a fool. Why? Because you couldn't control yourself to just be quiet. <laughs> we're not going to be like that, are we? We're, we're going to walk worthy of the calling we're called to. And, and it's not hard. He's saying, how, you, how do you do it? You, you're, you stay low. You stay humble. You, you, you endeavor to be meek, gentle, cute, uh, humble. Uh, you're, you're always patient. You, you, can't, you can't lose your patience. When, when you're long-suffering, you don't lose your patience. And people say, I, I was patient as long as I could be. That doesn't even That's an oxymoron. <laughs> right? <laughs> patient as long as you could be. So in other words, patience with an end. Patience doesn't have an end. It's an eternal force of God that works through love. It doesn't have an end. If as long as we choose to be patient, we can be. Why? Because what do we do? We're expecting. We're cheerfully, hopefully enduring. That's what you're doing when you're being patient. Cheerfully, hopefully enduring. So you can't say, okay, I'll be patient. Why? Because that's not cheerful or hopeful. Right? Patience is cheerful and hopeful. You're expecting something good to come out of this, and you'll wait as long as it takes to get it. Amen? Did I say go to Revelation 2? Revelation 2, verse 4. We know that these are the letters to the churches, and in this one, you know, he's talking about, and he does the, he makes love sandwiches in all these. He says, you're doing this good. And in this one, he says, you're doing this good. But in verse 4, he says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And that word left means let go of. And, and to let go of, of that first love, and that meant the place, the place where uh, it had a place where it belonged. Amen? It wasn't just the first thing you'd experienced. It had a place. It was the first love. It had a place. It was what you were called to do. It was who you're called to. And, and, you, and they let go of it. Why'd they let go of it? Because they grabbed onto something else. So many times when we let go of one thing, it's because we're grabbing hold of something else. And whatever they grabbed hold of wasn't a good thing because he said, you left your first love. And, and what happens when a Christian loses their first love, they become a Christian motion. In other words, they're making Christian sounds, they're doing Christian things, but there's no heart anymore. Why? Because they got upset somewhere or they got busy somewhere and they forgot it's all about people. Amen? Cleaning the church is all about people. Ushering is all about people. Parking people in the parking lot, it's all about people. Everything you do in the church, everything you do for God, speaking to one another in love, is all, it's all about people. In other words, when, you, when you, you take back and you refuse to be selfish and you put the love of God out in front of you, 
That's what he's saying. It's no longer in front of you. You, you got it in a wrong place. When, when, when love's in a wrong place, then you're likely to get offended. Why? Because love's in the wrong place. If, when, when love takes a back seat, selfishness steps up. Amen? And, and what happens is you let go of the things that love desires and you grab hold of the things that you desire. And, and that's what happens when love in, in any place that you're doing in your, in your walk with God. If you decide to throw a fit, then you've let go of love to do it. You can't throw a fit and, and, and have love first. Amen? You can't be offended and love be first. It won't let you. So the only way to be those things, you've got to put love in a different spot. It can't be number one anymore. Because if it's number one, it's directing your life. If it's number two, three, four, ten, then it doesn't even have a place. Because it can't operate from that position. It only operates, why? Because God is love. And he can only operate from the first position. People say, why? He's God. Can't he do anything? No, he can do exactly the way he says he's going to do it. And he said, seek me first. He says, put me first. Give me your first tenth. He says, put me first. Amen? Why? Because Not because he's got a big head, because he knows it's best for us. Right? Putting God first. Everything God tells you, he's love. So everything he tells you to do, he's telling you to do because it's good for you. So that's what good parents do. They don't tell you, no, you can't go to this uh, beer party because they don't love you. They tell you because they do love you and they know it's a stupid place for you to be. Amen? Love love cares about where people are going to be and, and it can say it in such a way and do it in such a way that it, it, would, it would get to the people. You know, I've, I've, people I know, that there's people that have had their children say, I just hate you, and we know they don't hate you. But I can honestly say Ramsey never said that to me. And I thank God for that because that means she always knew I loved her no matter how mean I was when I wouldn't let her go to that rap concert. She said, I'll only be out till, 12, till 1 o'clock. I'm like, nothing good happens at 1 o'clock. <laughs> not, for a, not for a 16-year-old. Amen? Side note. Glory to God. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against it because you've left your first love. And, but here's the good thing. Here's the good news. Even if you've gotten off and you have he gives you the answer. He says, he says remember, therefore, whence you have fallen. And that word fallen means remember where you drove off the path. What's he saying? I remember, he said, think back, and I'll show he, He's going to help you with this because he he's telling you to remember. If he tells you to remember, then by faith you can. And what you'll probably remember is this person said something you didn't like or they did something in a way you wouldn't have done it. Some, where we get off the path is where our heart's turn, not where his turns. Amen? And so what you're looking for is the place that you got off. And then he says, find that place where where you've fallen, where you've lost your way, where you've driven off the path, where you're going the wrong, started going the wrong direction. Amen? 
And I know Brother Moore's used this example, and Brother David, he's a, he's a pilot too. But if you just get a little bit of a degree off and you're going like 3,000 miles, you're going to be this far off. Why? Because you're not running parallel paths off. You're going this way, and he's going this way. And that's what he's saying. When you lose your first love, you start going away from me. And if you'll ever notice people that get bitter, people that get offended, uh, they, they, they slowly, the, the first time, I think they'll be okay. And I talked to them, they seemed okay, but they're still bitter. And, and they're going like this. And the next few times, no, nah, they're not doing very good. And then you quit seeing them all together. Why? Because they're way over here. They're nowhere near the destination they were called to go to. Amen? We're called to be somewhere. And what he said, he said, if you'll remember where you fell, he said, then you can go back. He said, you can go back. Remember where you've fallen and repent. In other words, see it, admit it, turn away from it. That is the answer to becoming unoffended just like that. See it. Admit that you got offended and admit there was a problem. Forgive whatever happened. Amen? Ask for forgiveness for getting offended first. And then turn. And then what do you do? Go back to what you did before. Go back to walking the way you walked before you started going the wrong direction. Amen? And, and this, this is, God has a way. This, this is an encouraging message because we don't have to be this way anymore. We could have a church full of people that never were upset with another person in the church. There'd be no schisms, no, 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 divide, no division, no strife, no bitterness, no anything except love. In other words, you love each other. We love each other too much to be upset with the other. Amen? And then if somebody does leave, it's because they had a place to go that they were called to be. Amen? And, and that's okay. That's, that's when you can wish them well. But when, when, we, when we get into that place where the bitterness and strife drive us, we know it's not God. He does not use those things to move people from church to church. Right? No. It's not, it's a, that's not His way. That would be no different than people say He's using sickness to teach you something. No. He doesn't use anything bad... To make good. You can, you can make the best batch of brownies you want and then throw something yucky inside them and they're all yucky. <laughs> Amen? I say, so, well, you won't even be able to taste it. I don't care. I know it's in there. I don't want it in there. Amen? <clears throat> Either make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. There's no such thing as sweet bitter water. It's either bitter or it's sweet. Put bitter water in sweet water, it's going to be bitter. You put sweet water in bitter water, it's going to be bitter. The only way to keep your water sweet is to keep it sweet. Don't let anything else in there. And that's why God said, He said, He said, Blessed are the pure in heart. People who don't let anything else in. Because they'll see God. In other words, they'll be able to know the heart of God. Amen? Glory to God. Where did I say to go? Nowhere? <laughs> go, to, go to Mark 9. 
Mark 9, 50. You all know Matthew 5 where it says we're the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. And and here in Mark 9 it says salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, or not saltiness, saltness. In other words, if it lost who it was, it didn't lose its taste, it, it didn't lose its saltiness, it lost its saltness. So that means it lost who it was. So now it is a pile of flavorless white powder. It's, it's no longer salt. Now, in the world today, if we lose our salt, then we are nothing more than flavorless white powder. When, when we become offended or upset or bitter about things going on in the church, about things going on outside the church, doesn't matter. You begin losing your flavor. You begin losing your ability to make a difference to the situation. In other words, you can walk into a bland situation, and if you're salty, you can salt it. Amen? Somebody makes some bland food, put a little salt on it. I remember we, we make tacos ourselves. We fry them, and, and we put garlic salt on them. We put a lot of garlic salt on them, and we like it that way. And one year at Christmas, we make them for Christmas. One year at Christmas, my dad picked up the onion powder instead of the garlic salt. Totally different flavor. Right? You can't substitute who you are. If, you, if you're salt and you lose your saltness, then you're no longer salt. In other words, you can't preserve, you can't enhance, you can't do anything to help the situation because you're flavorless. Christians, hurt, offended Christians in the world are flavorless. Why? Because you're not really going to try and do anything. Amen? And we don't want to be flavorless. We want to be full of flavor everywhere we go because we're salt and light. You know, we're, we're, we're who, who pep up the flavor and, and bring light to the darkness. We, we're, we shine onto things that, that we're going to go bad. Amen? And that's how you hold forth the word of life. If you're going to hold, hold it forth, you're going to have to be a light. And, and if, you're, if, you're, if your darkness is overcoming you, if you're hiding your light under a bushel, why are you hiding it? Are you ashamed of it? Well, we don't hide. Amen. We don't lose our saltiness and we don't, we don't hide our saltness. We don't lose our saltness and we don't hide our light. Because we're designed not just to love each other in here, but to be that love when we walk out of here. And if we get it to where there's no lack of love in here then we'll take it out these doors. And when we take it out these doors, people will see it. Amen? When you're, salt, when you're salty, they'll notice it. Amen? When, when, you're, when you're bright, when you're holding forth the word of life. In other words, it's not, when you're holding forth, you're not taking a Bible and going like this. You're living the Bible inside you. You're walking in the love of God. You're walking by faith. You're using what God's put in you to, to, to create situations and, and fix situations that couldn't be fixed. You're, you are an answer to prayers everywhere you go. And, and when you walk into a situation, you walk in with expectation. Why? Because God sent you there. Amen? 
And if you get into a situation where somebody did you wrong, you know what to do because God put it in you on what to do. Here's how you handle it. Just like he told the Moors what to do when they, when they pre- paid for the bad product and then paid for the new product. It wasn't about the price of the product. It was about the lives of the two men that it affected. And when, when we allow this word, when we hold forth this word, we, we, we create an atmosphere where God can work in every situation through us. It may just be through your action. You may, may never say a word. But your action made a difference. Amen? Look at uh, Philippians 2.2. This is the scripture we were just talking about. Philippians 2 says in verse 14, it says, Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Who's he writing to? The church at Philippi. He's writing to the church. This is written to the church. What's he saying? He's saying, I don't want you to be murmuring. Murmuring. Murmuring was what the, I looked it up, the most times I saw it was in Numbers, where the children of Israel were talking bad about Moses and God. Not to their face either. Murmuring is usually not to your face. All right? No murmuring in the church. Not about God, not about me, not about Brother not about anybody. We don't want to murmur. We can catch ourselves. It's not that murmuring is not available to us. We're all flesh. Everything that, everything that flesh can do, we can do. If we decided tomorrow to just flesh out and have a fit and do whatever we wanted and go back to our old lifestyle, we could do it with no problem. I said, well, I thought my flesh died. Your flesh did die, but you revived it. And you didn't want that resurrection. Amen? But we can do those things. We have the ability to mess up. And, you know, that's when we judge people who mess up, we can't help them. Why? Because we judged them. And you, you, that's not lowliness. When you judge them, you judge from here. When you help them, you help from here. You've got to be on the, on the same level. Why? That's why he said be lowly and meek. Jesus didn't come down and be above us. He said, I'm a servant. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. What did he say? I came to, I'm, I'm meek and lowly of heart. What's he say? I'm on your level. I'm here to help you. And, and when we get to that level, we'll help people. We'll help people in the church. We'll help people out there. Why? Because we'll remember you were once them. Amen? I was once them. Not so long ago. How many can remember when you were fleshy? I mean, all the time. (laughs) Don't raise your hand if it was just today. (laughs) Because we have that ability too. Do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. What's he saying? He said, I want you to be blameless. He said, I don't want people to look at you and accuse you. I don't want people to look at you and feel like you'll do them harm or you're going to get harm done to you. I want you to be a son of God. What's he saying? I want you to be a light. I want you to be a standout in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. What's he saying? He's saying this is your call. This is what you were called to do. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, 
among among whom ye shine as lights. In other words, in this world, we should stand out. And the only way we'll stand out will not be by our words. It will be by our words backed up with action. You can talk all day long. And until you do something with your talk or do something without talking, amen, then it won't matter because we're doers, right? You ever seen a light not do anything? People say, well, yeah, they just stand in one place. No, they shine. They shine all the time when they're on. They never quit shining. They ne- they'll, go, they'll shine as far as they can, and if you'll move them up, they'll shine further. Put a bigger bulb in them, they'll shine more. What? That's what they do. They shine. That's what we do. We shine. Sons of God. Lights to the world. We shine. We, we stand out. We stand out in every... And one of the biggest ways we stand out, in, in if, if we're really going to stand out, is we never have the problems they have. One of those big problems is they're easy to offend. They're always throwing tantrums. I mean, we got a world full of people out there throwing tantrums. I don't know if you guys have been to restaurants lately. I pray for every waitress that I see. I pray for every doctor and nurse that I see because people are just mean to them. So, well, they ought to be better at their job. No! Being mean is being mean. You don't do it. You quit. You stop. It's not okay. Being mean's never going to be okay. I don't care if they call you a mean name. It's not okay to retaliate. It says don't return evil for evil or railing for railing, but overcome evil with good. Amen? Walk into those places praying for them. They're having a rough day, I'll guarantee you. Somebody's chewed them out trying to get that free riblet dinner. (laughs) Right? Because we don't want to pay for it, and if we throw a big enough tantrum... We can have it. (laughs) The only free dinners we should want are the ones that somebody else sows to us. Glory to God. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. And what's Paul say? That I may rejoice. Why is he saying that? Because I'm the one that trained you. I taught you. And when I see you holding forth, being steadfast in your faith, holding strong to your love, refusing to walk out of love, refusing to to be angry, refusing to act on anger, refusing to be mean in a situation, or just being the light that you are, shining and helping and doing things that make a difference all day long, not just when we walk in the church doors. Amen? And then Paul, Paul says, I'll rejoice in that day. Glory, because that I've not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Glory to God. This is good. I like this. Go to First Peter and we'll close. Why? Because we're learning how not to fall. This is how you not fall. You, how do you not fall? You don't lose your first love. You're lowly, meek all the time. You, you refuse to be offended. You refuse to get bitter. Right? So how do I do all these things? He gives us a whole outline right here. First, first Peter 1. or I'm sorry, 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter 1. 
Verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So they've obtained like precious faith. They have the same faith, we've, and, and we've all obtained a like precious faith. Now what we do with that faith, the next steps are going to be up to us. Faith alone is not enough because you'll see in this passage it, it's not enough because he's going to tell you to add things to that faith. Faith is good, but it's not enough. Right? Okay, I'm just going to believe today that I won't be mean. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You can add to your faith the things he tells us and you won't be mean. If we add to our faith and we do the things that, that, the, that the Scripture tells us to do, then you can't be mean. You can't be offended. You'll be unoffendable, right? Look, uh, go, to, go to verse 5. Well, I'll tell you what, let's just read it all because we like it. Go to verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. According as His divine power has given, us, given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers, we might participate. By these promises we might participate in the divine nature of God. In other words, it's not just that you can get some, it's that you can walk in it. Amen? Amen? You, you can walk in the very nature of God. Now, do you think God walks around getting mad all day? Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sure there's times where his kids irritate him. He's like, but he never walks out of love. Amen? I'm sure there's times where I've irritated him. I told you a thousand times. I'll tell you a thousand more. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust... And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your precious faith. The same faith he's talking about here is the like precious faith that he talked about in the first verse. Add to your like precious faith virtue, excellence. Add excellence to your like precious faith. Add to your like precious faith virtue and knowledge. Knowledge is acknowledging and knowing God. Amen? And we all know we're going to have to have some love now because after we've heard Brother Moore preach for two weeks, we know that knowledge puffs up, love builds up. So knowledge alone with faith is not going to be enough. So we've got now we've got faith, virtue, and knowledge. And add to that knowledge, temperance, self-control. Let's, you know, <laughs> if we had faith and virtue and knowledge and then we added some self-control, that would keep you right there from having a tantrum, right? If you just had your temperance... You could, you know, people say, I just couldn't stop myself. Well, oh, you didn't add your temperance today. And guess what? If you don't add your temperance to all these things, your cookie's incomplete. <laughs> it's a chocolate chip cookie without chocolate chips. <laughs> it's incomplete. This is a recipe for never falling. Amen? Add, add self-control, and to your self-control, add patience. That means patience without a limit. Eternal, everlasting patience. I've been patient. <laughs> Just by your voice, I can tell you haven't been patient, right? You've wore my patience thin. Well, use God's patience because yours was thin to start with, right? 
Add to your self-control patience. Add patience. Godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness is brotherly love. What's he saying? To, to your godliness, to your holiness, add love for your brother. So why? Because love for your brother is what's going to show out in the world. You've got to start here. Amen? If you can't love people who love you, it's going to be hard to love people who don't love you. Amen? It says that add, add to your godliness, brotherly love, and to bro- brotherly love, add love. What's he saying? With love, all these other things work. That they're what make the chocolate chip cookie chocolate chip. Amen? That this is what makes it work. And, and if we do these things, if we add all these together on a constant basis, well, if these things be in you, in, in other words, not just act on be in you. If all these things be a part of your makeup, if they be in you and they abound, they're not only in you, they're, they're continually in you. They're growing in you. They're continuing in you. They, they make you that you shall ne- neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when we have these things, we'll always be fruitful. If you become unfruitful, no, you're not doing this. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we go, we should produce. When, when you leave someplace and you're acting in a godly way, doing godly things, then you'll make a difference. I'll guarantee you the atmosphere of the place you just were will change. You ever been in, in a restaurant and it was pretty tense and so you started being kind and you started not just to your waitress but to the, you see other people, the manager and people like that. You know, you start being, I know you're having a busy day here. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm praying for you. Don't worry about us. We're going to be okay. Get to us when you can. And you start being kind. You start showing the kindness of God and you start showing the love. Love will change the atmosphere of any place it goes. Any place you'll put it, it'll change the atmosphere. Amen? And and when you leave that place, you left it better than when you walked in. You were fruitful. Amen? That we'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind. In other words, when we forget these things, we go dark. We go dark and we can't see afar. We've forgotten... When we, when, we, when, we, when we lack these things, we begin to judge. Why? Because we've forgotten that we were forgiven. We've forgotten that we were purged. We've forgotten that we were just like everyone else, and it was but, but for the grace of God we'd be in the very same position. Verse 10, Wherefore, the, rather give diligence to make, we're back to where we started, make your election, make your calling an election sure. Back to Ephesians 4.1. Walk worthy of the calling that you are called to. And if you'll do those things, you'll ne- it says, for if you, if you do these things, you shall never fall. You. Glory to God. This is how we keep from falling. This is how we change the atmosphere of the places we're at. This is how we win people to Christ. It's not all about what you know. It's about what they can hear. And it's about what you can get them to receive. Yes. Amen? Mm-hmm. And love can get them to receive a lot more than pushy. You need to know Jesus. You got to know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Going to go to hell. You don't want to go to hell. You know, I had the opportunity this past week, stand to your feet, a man that uh, I honor highly in my life um, that uh, did some things when we first went into business 
that were above and beyond. And not, not a Christian man. But he went above and beyond and helped us. And, and he always knew that we were Christians. And he always knew what, what we stood for. Uh, even when we didn't act like it. But I had the opportunity. He's, he's getting quite a bit older now. And he, I got him on my heart. And I had the opportunity to call him and talk to him. God put him on my heart and said, call him and remind him that, he, that you're, you want to see him in heaven and talk to him. And I got a chance to talk to him this past week. And, and it was a blessing because he said, you know, he said, you've always lived that life before me. And I thought, first of all, he was blind when we first started. <laughs> but then I thought, but God showed him what, what he really was through us. And I was thankful for that. And I was thankful for the opportunity to get to talk to him because we don't want somebody that, especially not somebody we honor in this earth, to leave without knowing Christ. And one of those things is that's, that this has been a 32-year relationship. And I haven't seen him probably much over the last 10. But he still remembers the things God did through us. Why? Because they're eternal. And they don't stop. And I told him before that, I said, I just need you to confess Jesus before you leave this earth. And I said, I want to see you in heaven. He said, that sounds like a good plan. Praise God. Praise Glory to God. Praise sounds like a good plan to me too. Thank you, Lord. So, so, so we want to live this life. We want to be worthy of this call. We, but it starts in here, guys. If there's things within the body that, you, that we're having problems with, these are the things to get rid of now. Recognize where you are because everybody's got a point somewhere where you could throw a fit, where something could make you mad. But if you recognize where you are, then God can help you. Amen? And if you, if you look, just like he said, in, if, if you left your first love or if you know people who've left their first love, let's, let's, let's work to get them back. Let's work to get you back. Let's, let's do things that would cause you to be in a place to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ, to hold forth the word of life unto the world. Amen? God's a good God. He's doing good things. And He's doing good things through us. And, and as we grow, and as we come up to these higher levels, we're not going to get past one level and, and, and keep offense and a grudge down here. You can't keep one and get to the other. You've got to throw off the old man and you've got to put on the new. And walk in that love, walk in that peace, walk in that joy. Be the sons of God and the daughters of God that we are. Glory to God. You guys got a song? I'm living in love. Living.